Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours with JT. It's the conversation after the broadcast ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and we've got Samantha Marks, or as I like to call her, Sam. Uh, with us today great show she just did with me on the radio version of this and so i appreciate her taking the time to do this and uh like i said before i'm going to push her a little bit here that uh if you've got some digital marketing maybe for your company whether it's golf related or not um, look up sam on twitter uh reach out to her maybe she can help you there how's that for a pitch for you kiddo I loved it. You're the best. I'm not giving you any commission though. Okay. Uh, no, no worries. No worries. Maybe I'll just cook for you and your friends sometime when next time I get to Florida. How's that? A good trade-off for me. Yeah. So <clears throat> we had a little episode uh, and I'm not concerned about the rules and stuff, but Patrick Reed made the news last week. Plug ball, not plug ball. I didn't even watch the tournament. So I'm coming in a little late on this. Um, but it's interesting to see how in social media, Sam, that people get almost vitriolic at times. Because um, I'll, I'll step back and say this. I always had a problem when they allowed it for people to watch something on TV and then phone the PGA or the USGA and say, hey, this guy made a mistake. And then all of a sudden at the end of the round, out of the blue, an official walks up and says, you know, you're, you got a two stroke penalty or you're DQ'd or whatever. To me, that was always after the fact. And if they weren't right there and they weren't an official, uh, you know, I was an official in another sport for a long time. And so I've always, that's always been kind of a sore spot with me, but take that yeah. one step further. And now you see like, Pat Reed and Rory had last week, and it's, it happens almost every tournament. There's some hubbub about a drop or an embedded ball or hazard line or whatever. There's a million different um, examples of that. But I'm always amazed that people get so kind of nasty on social media, and they probably wouldn't get that nasty if they were there in person and had to face the people that they're throwing crap at. So I just want to get your take on that. Well, I mean, you nailed it right on the head. Social media is such a crapshoot because people hide behind these fake accounts and hide behind, you know, where they don't have to be seen and they don't, nobody knows who they are and nobody knows what their name is and they feel like they can say whatever they want. And that's just, that's not a way to live your life. That's not a way to right. talk down to other people. And and most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, that reflects on something that's going on in their life, right? Like, and that's, 
Mm -hmm. I get hate all the time on Twitter, like, and all the time on, on my Instagram messages. And for me, it's just coming down to like, okay, these, this is probably a 45 year old guy who lives in his parents' basement (laughs) who doesn't have anything else to do rather than make fun of what I'm wearing or what I look like or the zit on my face. And I don't care. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, that's the, that's the nature of social media right now. And it's unfortunate and it's sad, but that's, the platform that we continue to give these people by letting people be anonymous. And I I mean, as far as the Patrick Reed thing, I mean, that's a whole other subject, but I don't necessarily have a problem with Patrick Reed doing whatever he's doing. Now, let me, let me clarify that. Sure. If he is intentionally cheating and he's trying to bend the rules and he's trying to get away with things, that's obviously not okay. Of course, I don't condone cheating. I don't condone bending the rules. However, you cannot say that it is not good for the sport. It is more people talked about golf this weekend. People I don't even know who aren't even golfers were texting me going, who the hell is Patrick Reed? What did he do? Right. I'm like, this is great. Watch, watch it. See if you like it, right? Like, yes, I understand what he did was wrong. I'm not saying that it's okay, but I'm saying that for people to say, you know, he's he's terrorizing the game of golf. Well, then you must just have a different outlook on it than me. And I think that it's, you know, whatever takes golf to the next level as far as the conversation around it and growing the game. And like I said, I don't think Patrick condones cheating either, right? I think no, and I don't, I don't think even he know does. if that's really what happened, but I think that it's it's been good for the golf media conversation and for somebody who's in the golf content space like we are, it is sure fun to talk about. Well, I'm always amazed too. Well, first I agree with you, but secondly, I'm always amazed too that we have so many uh, graduate level armchair physicists out there that can say if the ball bounced, it couldn't do this, or it's not physically possible to do this. You've been around this game a long time. I've been around this game a long time. And I can tell you from my experience, a damn golf ball can sometimes do exactly what it wants and not what you want. Okay. And it just, it just happens. And so Patrick Reed is a, from what I can tell, I don't know him. I've never met him, but he's a hell of a golfer. He wouldn't be out there if he wasn't. And, you know, sometimes I saw this in the other sport I was involved in is that sometimes their reputation precedes them and that doesn't give them really a fair shake. Now, I don't know what Patrick did, because like I said, I didn't watch the tournament. There was little snippets I kind of saw, but that's really not enough to make a, a, a good evaluation of, you know. Three seconds doesn't tell you the whole story. So um, I just look at that and say, I, I, I don't like that. I mean, it's supposed to be, to me, um, you know, it's supposed to be a fun thing. Golf is. These guys play for professional. They play for a lot of money. Cool. That's their job. I don't know is any job description I ever saw that said, Stay home, watch it on TV in your mom's basement, and be a total jerkwad on social media. If you find one of those jobs, Sam, you let me know, okay? (laughs) 
I will because I want that too. It sounds like it, um, very fulfilling. Yeah. It sounds like we can get, um, we can get yeah, opposite couches. I, so yes, I'm in, but I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's tough because these people are playing for a lot of money and they're, you know, they're playing in front of, in front of thousands usually of people yeah. less COVID. But I think what, what I have a hard time with is like you said, the people who are phoning in online, phoning in on, or, you know, phoning in to the PGA tour, calling Twitter or calling the PGA tour, tweeting it, whatever, like just watch the tournament. Like the officials are there and they're going to do what they're going to do. If they miss something, they miss something. And it has nothing to do with you. Like these people on the couch sitting at home think that it's like life or death. And it affects them like it doesn't. And I think it's just like this self-centered world that we're in right now where everybody thinks it's all about them. And I don't know. That's like a that's a different issue. But as far as the Patrick Reed thing goes and the whole physicist thing, like you said, I don't I agree with you. I think and I'm not going to deny that I think that it was sketchy that he picked up his ball before the official was there. However, on the other hand, you have to look at it this way, too. PGA tour players can't breathe without getting a rules official nowadays. Like they're such babies about it. There can be a sprinkler head and they won't take a rules. They won't take a drop without a rules official there. It's like, did you do not know what you're doing? And to think about it, there's three players on, you know, in the group and then three caddies. So there's six of them that don't know how to take a drop. So what's the line there? We make fun of them for that. But then when Patrick Reed waits and calls the rules official and picks up his ball, then we give him shit for it. Yep. Like what, what are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm in total agreement because I've, I've uh, shot a photographer, many of the like corn Ferry tours, the LPGA tours and stuff up here in the Northwest. Okay. And Sometimes you think as a photographer that maybe somebody made uh, an error. I'm just going to put it in those terms. They made an error. They, they did something that was maybe a little questionable. But I never felt, even though I was right there, maybe 10 feet from them. Yeah. It wasn't my job to go tattle to a rules official about them. Exactly. Or, or the, the committee members or something like that. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there to take pictures. I'm there to record sound. I'm there to do whatever in the hell I'm supposed to be doing there. You know, but exactly. But imposing Jeff in into the tournament is ridiculous because nobody wants that. And especially the players, caddies, or Jeff doesn't want to do that. <laughs> you know, it's just not something I want to exactly. do. So Anyway, I just the the point's well taken about social media because um it, it's just it's it's this kind of anomaly out there and like you said people with fake names and fake accounts and and they'll say stuff, you know, like well, you know, I've done this and this and this in my life and every once in a while you see them get busted, somebody'll come on and say that's not who this person is. This that's all fake. That's all phony. They never did this, you know. They live, um, you know, in Brooklyn uh, on 47th Street in their mom's basement. So, you know, hell, I just take it with a grain of salt. What do you think is what do you think is 
But because of, on the flip side of that, Sam, what do you think is positive that has happened because of social media and television and radio and stuff uh, for golf and especially the upper ends of golf? Has something positive come out of that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the constant interaction we're all in on Twitter. I mean, that's something that, you know, I'm not necessarily friends with people in real life who play golf. My roommates don't play golf. I don't necessarily always have somebody to talk to about the Patrick Reed thing or, you know, fire off a funny joke that I know is funny, but that people in my immediately immediate life might not get um, or understand. So I think it's really created this sense of community in a lot of different areas. And golf is, is just one that we benefit from, but. I mean, you got to think about the fact that there's golf Twitter, there's football Twitter, there's checkers Twitter, there's tennis Twitter, you know, like, it's just so funny how engrossed we are in the golf Twitter space that it's kind of like very centralized in, in our feeds. And I, I forget that it, there's such a bigger purpose for Twitter out there um, and these <laughs> other social media accounts. So, I mean, it's brought me some of my, some of my best friends, uh, brought me some great connections and some some really fond memories and I think that I think social media as a whole is what you make it and if you let it affect you and you let those those uh people in their mom's basement get to you then it's going to get to you but if you decide to to look at it differently then you can have a very different experience yeah and I think for older people who the whole digital thing is I won't say new at this point but you know they were used to just telephones and cell phones was a big step for them. And so in the, in the social media age, I think a lot of people that are, you know, 50 and over may not understand all the good aspects of it when they can be really good. They probably get a little hung up on the crappy side of it, you know, and, uh, but we'll get there we'll get there. You know, you see a lot of the platforms from, from the different tournaments and stuff now changing, being able to, you know, stream on demand, uh, featured player groups, what have you. And I think people are coming around to that. I know I did. I signed up a couple of years that when that first came, became available, those, those options, I kind of shied away from it. Then I thought, no, you know what? I've got three screens here at my desk. I can put one on this screen and just kind of keep an eye on it during the day as I'm prepping for shows or whatever. So it's all good. It's all good. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now, Sam? Oh gosh, what a question. Um, hopefully I have, you know, learned some better time management skills. I'm getting up earlier. I'm going to sleep later. I'm working my ass off still. I, I always see myself as, you know, I want to be, I want to be a good boss. I want to be somebody that I feel like my employees and my staff can come to. And that's, you know, that's the kind of culture that I want to create within Scram Marketing. And I've had some bad boss experiences and I don't, I don't want to put other people through that. Um, So I would say I'm very focused on the relationships that I have with my clients and the relationships that I have with the people who are working for me. And that's, that takes precedent because, if you have a good relationship with your clients and your employees and they'll trust you and, and you can do great work together and, and mostly you can have fun doing it. So for me, I mean, I want to be the biggest media company that's ever existed. And I think that, you know, at 26 with 
more accounts than I have fingers, I think I'm on to, off to a great start. So that's where I, I don't have a, a for sure plan, maybe a husband and a kid. Um, but other than that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever that would be, would be, should consider themselves lucky. And we've never even met, but I just can tell from talking to you that uh, you're, you're going places. And speaking of uh, something, I was going to tell you this, and then we can wrap this up that because of COVID, the other day, I went and um, like a lot of people, I I need to get some more exercise. I need to lose some COVID poundage and stuff like that. So I, I signed up for this exercise class, you know, specifically kind of to help golfers and stuff. But then it said to wear loose fitting clothes. And I thought to myself, I don't have any loose fitting clothes. That's why I signed up for this damn class. So... <laughs> you know that in the first place so anyway samantha marks thank you my dear it's been a real pleasure to meet you over the phone and we will do this again i promise i love it thank you so much for having me you're welcome that's it folks for this week for after hours here on grilling at the green we'll be back next week i don't know who i've got some some ones out there and possibilities but uh i haven't decided yet anyway we want to thank samantha marks look her up on twitter and uh you all have a good week